Hi, I'm Namusa. And I'm Adadana. And this is the Africana Podcast. Now I don't know why, what our words really are. It's okay. We'll make them up. We'll make them up. No one knows what we are saying. But it's right. Episode 12. Heyo. <laughs> so Namusa, since episode 11... What's been your life? So since the last time we recorded, I'm really proud to say I've started running again. Woo woo! Yeah, so I used to do... Taken after my cousins. Yeah, because I'm not long and lean like the Kenyan runners who are winning the London Marathon. I'm kind of bitter about that. Oh, I'll get here. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I've started running again, and I used to run half marathons, so I'm trying to get back to that. It's great. Like, I feel way better. I'm tired, but I, like, emotionally feel pretty stable nice until Uh-oh. you know like okay uncle Kamau, who's like wearing a full suit is running for the matatu uphill pretty much backwards running three times as fast as me and probably eight times my age you know what that does to your self-esteem <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you it doesn't make you run faster no nope. no okay makes you want to walk but you don't because you push through well, that's good. So these are my current trials and tribulations is... Kamau running past you. Yeah, 80-year-old Uncle Kamau running past me. I'm sorry. But you're running again. That's the key takeaway. Yes. And it I will be back it, to half marathon, so... I know you've wanted to do that for a while. Yeah. So that's good. Nice. Yeah, running was the truth. I don't do it. Your people are runners, though. I know, but we're not winning. South Africans are definitely not... Like, we got that short fuse situation. You have rugby. And yeah, you have yeah. soccer. And we have sprinters, right? You do? Oh, yeah. yeah. Past Semenya, we're definitely more known for, like, the sprints. Yeah, the shorter distances, okay. uh, I think, because of our, like, body types. But I'm going to break that stereotype <laughs> and run half marathons for South Africans everywhere. Well, good for you. I am just bitter that Kenyans keep winning everything and my people... But also good for them. Let them just take no, it. No, but this, I know this is a personal problem, but this is my truth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'd like my people to return to glory. But it's okay. We'll, well get there. Just keep running past Uncle Kamau. It's going to be my strategy for life. Oh, dear. How was your um, life? Week? Yeah. So I'm now famous, by the way. So From the podcast. Oddly enough, not from this, but from a not even so funny joke that I made on Twitter. So, I think you don't give yourself enough credit. So now I'm like booking a flight to LA because clearly I'm meant for greater things. Just saying. You're also super modest. I know. <laughs> what was the tweet? Obviously, I've seen it and retweeted it a hundred times because I yeah. died laughing. But what was it? A magazine tweeted a photo of Obama meeting the president of French Polynesia while he was on that Is boat. that the same thing as Tahiti? Yes. Tahiti is a part of that. So that was when, you know, was taking photos of Michelle on the boat and all that stuff. When so, he became an Instagram dad. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I tweeted, sigh, wearing less and going out more, running out of pages in his passport, hanging with some presidents we've never seen before. And it took off. And I am still astonished because I don't really think it's that funny, guys. But where is the lie? I had never seen that present before. No, I know. And my best friend said, you checked off. Check, check, check. It's Obama, it's Drake, and it's... A president we've never seen before. Exactly. Who also is now glowing up. Yeah. How many likes and retweets did you get? What's officially famous mean? We're at 155,000 likes and nearing 86,000 retweets. Fam. Yo. And... You, you are famous. And I was featured by West African Which man. is the biggest thing ever. I know. 
And I had to comment, and I said, it is an honor and a privilege, sir, to be featured by you on your account. Um, West I share African your stuff Man IG, he should be on our podcast. Ooh. Or she. How do we know it's not a woman? That's true. That's a good idea. That's a great idea. I like where your head's at. So yeah, I'm uh, internet famous, so holler at me when you see me in these streets. I was actually, I was pleasantly surprised. This is my first time going viral for like any... Ever? Yeah. Really? Nothing I ever say on Twitter is remotely that popular. First of all, I usually tweet current event stuff with maybe some humor here and there. So this was by a long shot. It's just, people miss Obama. I'm just going to chalk it up to that. And love a Drake lyric and yeah. don't know who that president is. Yes. It's the next level of humor. It's But so it was layered. amazing. Like people were tweeting at me like, stop. This was in French. I had to use the Google French option. And, uh, yeah. and so he's like, stop. The search for the best tweet of 2017 is over. What? Like, and you know they just had the Shorty Awards. Yo, can I get a Webby slash Shorty Award for this? Um, I'm your plus one for everything, so I'm pro this. <laughs> Let's be real honest in these streets. Let the record reflect, I'm trying to figure out how to monetize 86,000 retweets. Now, how do I make this into cash? That's an actual question. I'm sure there's someone... If you have any ideas, send us an email, askafricana at gmail.com, and let us know how I can turn this into retiring in five years. Thanks. You did put that out there last episode. I did. I was not kidding. This is not a drill. Anyway, what else about you, girl? Well, I spent a full day over the Easter holiday reading up about Serena's pregnancy. (laughs) Because she and Beyonce are pregnant at the same time. At the same damn time. And this is how you know God loves us again. Yeah. She won a Grand Slam while she was pregnant. At two months, right? Apparently that's their first trimester is apparently it's really difficult to do things. Like I die when I cramp, so I can't imagine playing I, tennis like when thinking, you're pregnant. Like, after that run today, I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> keep going. I know, keep going. Even though I'm trying to beat Uncle Kamal, like hands down, and people can fight me for this. Oh boy. Best athlete of all time. I'm pretty not sh- of our generation. Oh, okay. <laughs> Since Jesus. I would say that most of social media agrees with you because everyone always says the GOAT. Greatest of all time. I don't think you have to fight many people on this. Except you know what's going to come back? The haters I have seen on these interwebs are out here being like, well, after she has a baby. You know what she's going to do? She's pregnant. She's going to have a baby. going to come back and still win. Oh, I don't And she'll it. be in like, in terms of like tennis years, a little bit older or like kind of slightly older compared to her competition. She's going to come back and kill it. And I'm just going to be here slow clapping and happy. It's a possibility model, right? It's like that you can be at the top of your career, that you can have a baby, that you can just live your best life, that you can be out here being silly on Instagram, that you can have a taco engagement ring. Really, these are all the things that I want. Wait, she has a taco engagement ring? Yeah. Do you follow her on Snapchat? No. Everything is about tacos. Okay. Yeah. I hope they hang out together though. Beyonce's twins and um, Serena's baby. Oh, I'm sure they will. They'll play tennis together. It'll be great. New generation of just incredible melanin. Congratulations, Serena, if you're listening. Um, what about you? What else has happened? Oh, I don't even know how to begin this story. Well, this is going to be a doozy. This one, uh, uh... Nothing ever good starts with Addie sighing and praying. And, yeah. So, I was out with my friends, and it was a reunion. I'd been looking forward to this for many months now it's been six years since the three of us were all together so we're at jay's which is an establishment that Mm -hmm. is frequented by many in nairobi obviously of a certain passport slash economic status slash whatever 
So we have our night. It's about 1 a.m. I walk out and there was a police wagon or truck reversing. So I walk around it to get out of the way. As one does. And to also exit so that I can catch my cab. Mm -hmm. So mind you, I'm still within the property Mm -hmm. of Jay's. All of a sudden, I feel someone pick me up, start yelling, and drag me to this police wagon. So not in a sexy time way. No. No. The exact opposite. (sighs) And I'm in shock. Like fight or flight kind of kicks in. And your feet are not on the ground. My feet are not on the ground. I have been picked up from behind. Mm. And I'm being dragged into this police wagon. And my first thought is, do you know who I am? I have 85,000 new tweets. <laughs> that definitely would have been my first thought. Who do you think you are, <laughs> sir, dragging me like this? If we could just bring up my Twitter. <laughs> no, but actually, jokes aside, my first thought, I start screaming bloody murder. Like, I was hitting notes that, <laughs> like... But Sarah, some, some Mariah notes. I was in hate yet. I you know who I'm talking about? In Sarah, Sarah. the mm. incredible Kenyan. Oh girl. yes, Britain's Got Talent. She made me cry. That song those has notes. never not made me cry. By the way, if it's done well, yeah, so good. So you're hitting those notes. I'm hitting those notes because in my mind I'm thinking, why is this stranger touching me? Like I don't know who it is because yeah. it felt like it was coming from behind, but everything was such a blur. So it could have come from my side too. But I just I couldn't see who was picking me up and why I was being dragged into a wagon. So I guess it's a police officer. At this point, I still don't see this person, but I'm now having to assume. And he keeps saying, you're resisting arrest. You're resisting arrest. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm not resisting arrest. I'm resisting kidnapping. Because that's exactly what this feels like. I don't know who you are. You're not telling me why you have picked me up. You're not telling me why you are dragging me into a police wagon. What have I done? I have done nothing. I am on the way out so chaos ensues my friend that is visiting me actually voluntarily gets into the wagon and arrests himself if you will was not resisting arrest he was not resist <laughs> but i was kicking and screaming as you should i would not let myself be put into the truck i keep getting slammed which is why i now have a bruise and which is why i am now sore on my right side uh i'm so sorry Anyway. Your friends so, are ride or die, though. Yeah, so I was, I was dragged eventually. Like, once I was put into the truck, I was dragged to the back of it. And it's quite a long bay because it holds 10 to 12 people. More, even more if you pack them in because there's benches on each side. So... This, is, this story's nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was this one woman with long braids. And I remember her saying, while I was being dragged, because I'm yelling. And people who are kind of in the corner of the restaurant can hear that clearly. And they start to wonder what this screaming is. So I see her come out, and I don't know who you are, but I thank you for what you tried to do. Because I remember her saying, what has she done? She hasn't done anything. Mm. Let her go. Why are you hurting her? Et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> then there are three, they pick up other men as well. So are you the I, only woman at this point? Yes, I'm the only woman at this point. So what I was told from the guys that came in with me is that an officer went up to him while he was seated at the restaurant table mm-hmm. and picked him up and said, you're resisting arrest, let's go. Well, it's like minding his own business, just eating. Exactly. And from what others have told me, because there's so much yelling. and It's chaos. It's chaos. And so there's this one girl with blonde hair who they're apparently punching. One of the guys that ended up being arrested as well Mm -hmm. was in there because he tried to help her. Because he was trying to push the officer off of her. And then he went in instead. And so the second the police are punching white girls in Kenya. No, no. You know. You know. You know. Okay, clearly... What can I do? <laughs> if, if you're punching her, old blonde girl over here, 
I have no hope. So clearly we're just all going to jail. I don't know what has brought all of this on. There's no explanation given. There's no badges. They won't answer what their names are when you ask. All I know is I've been dragged, I'm bruised, and I'm in shock. And they won't tell you what, they you've won't, been, yeah. what they're charging you with because legally they have to. Yeah, and they won't say anything. I'm sending Hey, my, this is nuts. Yeah, so I end up sending my friends on WhatsApp my location pin because I don't know where we're going. It's me and six other men. So you have a squad. We have a squad. Actually, I now have called us the J7. <laughs> I'm glad we can find humor in this. Um, because that's what I feel it like is. that's the first revolution. Yeah, J7 here. exactly. It's kind of like the 33, the Chilean miners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the J7. Yeah. That's what I'm calling us. And that's fine. So they ask the guys, you know, take off your shoe, take off your belt, etc. They start taking people's phones. And I'm like, ha, no, 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 no. You won't tell me why I'm here. You won't tell me your name. You have dragged me. My shin is bruised. I'm not giving you no. my phone because that's the only way I can talk to people about where I am and what's going on. Yeah. I look around me. I'm trying to figure out where I am. I look up. I see a handbook and it says Muthangari Station. So mm. I know where I am. I text my friends. I'm like, I'm at this station. I send a pin. I'm trying to do this all before, if they take my phone, before they take it. Yeah. So it takes them about an hour and 15 minutes for them to tell us why. They try to get my name. And so I tell them my name. I don't volunteer to spell it because I'm like, you will not get my real correctly spelled name into no. that book because I have not done anything wrong. So everyone else is trying to spell it. And they're like, A-D-D-I. Whoa, part of, the J, part of your squad? Yeah, my J7 guys are like, A-D-D-I. They don't know me from Adam. We're all meeting each other for the first time here in prison. A-D-D-I-D-O-N-N-I-A. I'm like, uh-huh. Yep. Add Dodoni. That's exactly it. Rhymes with macaroni. That might help you out. There you go. That's my name. Like, I'm not, we're not doing this today. No. I'm sorry. I ref absolutely refuse. So. Did they, they know you had a phone at this point? Yes. Okay. Because I am furiously texting. Uh, Just in there. It's also worth noting that when we were in the wagon, the police officers are yelling, this is Kenya. This is Kenya. This is not Somalia. And I'm thinking, what are you talking yeah. about? Like, what does that have to do with anything in this moment? Yeah. So now, cut back to the waiting bay, and there's a woman and her baby. So we're like, what is going on yeah. here? It's and like so the feeling around when Trump got elected. Stop. Like, really, what is happening? <laughs> and so then, the, some of the guys within the J7, mm -hmm. they're like, listen, I don't know what we've done, but just let her go because she has a baby. There's no food, right? There's no diapers I, that you can see anywhere so obviously like we'll be fine yeah can you help her whatever she's done i mean and maybe we shouldn't have gotten involved because who knows what she's done like she yeah. could be a mass inter murderer. international mastermind of something i don't know i doubt it but, but it was also know. kind of doubtful yeah. and it was like listen i don't know what's going on but like can she just let her go first yeah. um did they let her go no and one of the guys he's kenyan of indian descent okay so he's probably the loudest of the seven of us and you know, there's always got to be even in a, always one. even in a random <laughs> a selected group of people. There's always that one yeah. that's a little louder than yeah. the rest <laughs> in terms of wanting to start something. So yeah. he goes, "You racist motherfuckers! You just arrested me because you don't think I'm Kenyan. I'm Kenyan. Da -da 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 -da. Call this person. Call this person." I'm like, "Boy, if you do not stop, he's like, put me in jail. I don't care." I was like, "Excuse me, sirs, <laughs> I do care. He is not my advocate. No. Do what you need to do, but." 
Me, I'm not interested yeah. in going no, no. from the waiting bay to the actual cell, which is in the same room. So then they start asking for people's phones. So I pretend to sleep, because that's the only way that they're not gonna, in theory, bother me. I feel like that's a trick we learned when we were like five. Just play dead. <laughs> pretend you're sleeping. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Every time they walk in, I sleep. Every time they leave, I'm texting like with updates, like this is what's happened, da, 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 da. It takes them about an hour and a half for them to tell us why we've been detained or what the problem is. And the problem is that drinking after 11 is illegal. I need a moment. <laughs> yeah. So that's why... Were you breathalyzed? No, I was not breathalyzed. Hmm. I was completely sober. Yeah. I had enjoyed some alcohol that night, but I was so, like, I had my wits about me. I knew yeah. where I was. I wasn't stumbling. I was fine. So we're all looking at them like 11 p.m. It's illegal to drink in Kenya after 11 p.m. In this Kenya, this one right here, the one that we all of some of the highest alcoholism rates in the, the world. The one where we all live. Yeah. The one where we go out until six o'clock in the morning. Or does it not count after midnight? Like, so is that a law? Like, did you look that up after? It is not a law. Well, if it's in the Constitution, then we're all criminals. Every but, single person in Kenya. But I highly doubt. Yeah. I highly doubt that there's anything written in the Constitution about drinking. I'm going to look water. it up. Yeah, why not? I will. We have time. Now that I'm on the outside, I have nothing but freedom <laughs> and nothing but time. So there's that guy who's the loud guy. Talking you want about, no part of. You're like, The one who's trying sir. to start stuff. And I'm like, ooh. No. Like something tells me we don't have the same people yeah. who can help. So no, no. if you want to be that guy. And you definitely grew up black in America. I did. Yeah. I, you know how this movie ends. I know exactly how this movie ends. And so I remember when the guy, one of the officers comes in and he starts yelling at the one who's being loud. He's like, look at them. This person is humble. He's humble. He's humble. <laughs> She's humble. And he's pointing at everyone. Why can't you be humble? It starts to slowly become a comedy of errors. And there's this other guy who is loud, but in a different way. So that one was loud, but this one was talkative. So he's talking okay. about conspiracy theories. He's talking about like <laughs> the U.S. militia. Again, in a randomly selected group of seven people. <laughs> there's always one. There's always one. Yeah. So he was talking about these militia men in the U.S. who were doing all these things, but you guys didn't know that. And I did this research and like... Almost hotepy, but like, like with a heart of gold. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, the pre-hotep. He was a great guy. Yeah. Maybe I'm not woke enough. I need to open my third eye because yeah. I didn't hear about some of these theories until Friday night. <laughs> so this guy, the one who's talkative, takes the one-year-old. And so he's like holding the baby and like, hey, and like carrying her and like making her fly. And like, mm. oh, she's like Superman. She's like never done this before. I love this about Africa that even in jail. Even in jail, we're picking up babies we don't know because it takes a village. And so then he's looking at her and he goes... Oh, like her eyes are so beautiful. I can see the, the world in her eyes. I mean, I, I took that comment. I was like, okay, that's cute. Like, yeah. oh, you see the world in her eyes. Like, that's fantastic. Great. This is still in the holding bay. Still in the holding bay. Okay. Still in the holding bay. Then my friends start to arrive. Yeah. And that was amazing. I mean, this is why on the Bodega Boys, Jesus Nice always says, it's Friday, avoid the bookings. Because if you get arrested on a Friday, almost anywhere in the world, you're there till Monday. When did you ever think that you would actually need that? Life, I, and I practically I see that tweet every that single Friday mm. then when he tweets it and he says it on every single podcast that I listen to if but you don't, you if you don't listen to Bodega you. Boys by the way if you have a certain type of humor you might also enjoy them and so exactly never in a million years no, no. and then I thought oh my god it's Friday oh my god you're gonna be here till Monday I'm gonna be here till Monday so that was probably the only moment where I was like oh man like am I gonna be it's here gonna be till a Monday? long weekend this is gonna be a long weekend uh, so my friends start arriving and apparently this MP arrived in his ODM slippers and ODM hat. 
And ODM Because you know it's political season. People don't play. ODM is the one of the opposition parties yeah. here in Kenya. And I'm like, oh man, like I don't know if this is good or bad. <laughs> like I'm not or sure. Both, or all, both at the same, same time. time. But I will take what I can get because it is a Friday and I do not want to be here till Monday. So he negotiates the quote unquote cash bail to get everyone out. And where did this guy come from? Uh, one of the people that we were in with. The J7. One of the J7s. I guess he called him somehow. I don't know. Okay. But there were other people who were also advocating on people's behalf on the inside. And some of them made the problem worse, from what I hear, in Mm. terms of like they were talking about human rights. And that does not matter (laughs) in this situation. This is not that time. Now, when you've been picked up and thrown into the back of a. Yeah, the time for human rights is over. Like, this is not. (laughs) Oh, God. That's Africa still rising. (laughs) You, You, well, so you, it doesn't matter. So a few of us kind of start exiting. And I'm the number four person to get out. I also feel bad because my friend is number five and I don't want to be on the other side of the bars as him. Yeah. Especially because he came into the truck for me to like help me out. And he was also helping the officer get off of me. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not leaving unless he is with me walking. I'm not leaving him. Yeah. So they're like, no, 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 no. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And I side eye them like, really though? They finally convinced me to walk. So I do. And then they give him his stuff and then he exits. Then number six comes, or number six and number seven were actually there, I now know, for about an hour and a half after us. From now what I know is that they did not pay quote-unquote cash bail. Um, They waited for whoever high-level person who ordered this whole thing to, they ordered him to come. The guy was like, I'll wait here. I'll wait all day. I have time. So I'm not paying. Good for him in terms of like principle-wise. No. It's scary, but like really important. I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. Because you uh, can't treat people like that. And so what they said is, you can go to court and you can get your cash bail back. Yeah, you can. It's like a bond. Yeah. Yeah. And so my friend said, maybe I'll do that. I know you have work. I have nothing but time. Mind mm-hmm. you, my friend is a tourist. It's his first night in Kenya. Karibu Nairobi. You his know. first night in Kenya. This is where we are. Uh, it's always a story with the two of us. So anyway, back to Mr. Talkative. As I'm getting ready to leave, he comes up to me. And he starts whispering, like kind of holds his, he kind of holds his hand over his mouth and he kind of gets closer to my ear and he's like, listen, don't tell anyone, but I had my last ecstasy pill in my pocket and I was really scared that they would find it. So I took it real quick and I've been rolling for the last hour and a half. (laughs) That's crazy. And so I'm thinking, why was that? Like, sir. So now, sir. So now I'm thinking when you said you saw the world in her eyes. You really saw the world in her eyes. Oh my god. Everything makes complete sense now. <laughs> First of all, oh, he's just, you know, got a lot to say. He's done his research, seen a lot of YouTube videos in his free time. This was the conspiracy guy. Yes. Oh, yeah, all makes sense. And so now it's like, it's all coming back. It's so clear. It's so clear. But uh, sir, why didn't you think that was a good idea? I don't know. So that was my Friday, and I have to thank all of my friends who rolled in deep. Uh, That's what friends are for. What about your friends? I'm telling you. I mean, we all joke about having bail money, but this was, do you actually have bail money though? And my, I felt so bad. Like my friends wouldn't tell me how much they paid. So I'm now trying to figure out how best to say thank you because I don't know. Adopt an elephant. Stop. <laughs> do, do something good for the world. Yeah, but everyone who talks about bail money, do you actually have it though? And so my friend who was visiting, my other, because it was a group of four that we got split up, one of the guys is like, listen, I don't know how much they charge here in Kenya, but I went to an ATM and I got stacks. Like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> like making it rain once in this police station. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. It was just... <laughs> so 
there was as scary as it started uh and violating as it was it ended on a funny note like we gathered a bit and then somebody started singing you know locked up they won't let me out and akon and you're all and yeah here we are you have lived. I tell you, I am still in shock. The rest of the weekend, I was looking at my friends like, is this real life? I'm still a bit sore and, you know, my leg still has the bruise on it. But I think I'm just shocked that you effectively kidnapped law-abiding people. And then the way that women were treated. The blonde girl getting punched. The one other girl getting pulled by her hair. You getting smacked Me up getting smacked the- into the truck. I'm all about equal rights, but I'm not about equal beatings, man. Like, I don't want you beating up men either. Let the record reflect. But come on. That was too much. That was really too much. It does sound like kidnapping, though. It was. If you were not wearing a uniform, that would be kidnapping. You are not telling me where we're going. Or your name. You're not telling me why. What you're charged with. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And we talked about this in episode two. One of my low-key fears when I go out is something happening to me at night. I've already been mugged at gunpoint, so I know what that feels like. And it's either that happening again or rape or any one of those things. So immediately, when someone is picking me up and trying to put me in a car, I'm thinking, no. not today. Yeah. No, sorry. So I'm very thankful. I'm still exhausted. <laughs> I think I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm still a bit tired. But it's, uh, and honestly, like, I can't really complain. This kind of stuff happens all the time. All the time to other people. This is just one of the first times they've done this at a place like Jay's, which has a different clientele. I'm okay, and I knew throughout I would be, eventually. Let me tell you, when I wish this was United Airlines dragging me out of the club, I'm so mad. I can't sue the Kenya police. Why couldn't it be United? Then I could retire at 29 instead of 35. I'd be done. Done. Because you already have the trauma. Listen, I'd be playing it up like, oh my God, I'm so sore. This bruise is like purple and blue at the same time. Like my head hurts. I'm just making up stuff. Like my nose feels itchy. Like, do you see the Kev on stage video where he's talking about, like, what would have happened if United dragged him out? No. It is hilarious. So he's, he has all these corn pads on his face. He has Band-Aids on his face. He has these bandages, and they're all wrapped up in the wrong way. And he just goes in on all the fake things. He's like, the cervix in my neck was broken. <laughs> it's just... Hello. I was dragged off the plane, United Airlines, so viciously. I broke the cervix in my neck. I have was dilated six centimeters and I was crowning. I had preeclampsia in the neck of the cervix. I've got Nelliitis country grammatorsis here. That's why I've been wearing the Band-Aid. Slick rickiness. I lost control of my eye. It's all over the place. It's Forrest Whitaker eye and Shaq's eye combined. I'd be, I'd be blinking a lot. I just, I got glaucoma in it. I've got um, uh, Rance Allen mumps. <laughs> I wish this had been united because I swear I'd be playing this up way more. But for now, I'm fine. I'm thankful to my friends for helping me out when I was in a bit of a pinch. And and yeah, we just keep it moving. Well, I'm really sorry that happened. I am too. But it's okay. I had my Viola Davis ugly cry in my laundry room because I wasn't trying to wake up my roommate. <laughs> like silent ugly cry? Yeah, it was oh, silent. I like held it in. When it finally hit me, like the end of it. Yeah. Because it was, again. When you were safe. It wasn't the rest of it. It was just, it felt like I was trash. That's what it was. It felt like I was a criminal, like I was trash. Like no one cared about me. Like you're not important. Like there's no comment. No one deserves that. Like you, like you don't have a mom and dad that are going to care about you right now. Like there's nothing you can do. 
I'm in power in this moment and it's I'm the going, impunity. I'm going to do to you exactly what it is that I want. But, you know, again, also have to recognize this happens to yeah. a lot of other people yeah. who have less help, less people who are able to yeah. like on a group chat get off, ones from the bank machine. You know, help immediately like so yeah again i don't know if i'll be going out after 11 anytime soon but <laughs> anyway that was uh that was my weekend y'all <laughs> now i have a whatsapp group with people that i've been to jail with yeah on the inside you yeah. know when they ask you that when you fill out an application I know, form i have thought about this mm. but i technically wasn't arrested i wasn't charged i wasn't arrested remember they didn't even tell me what i was in for until like and your name is adedoni so you're exactly fine. <laughs> so adedoni has been detained <laughs> you can talk to her about that adedana has but not <laughs> So, I think I'm good. But you know, why was that the first thing I thought? I was like, oh my God, any visa I ever apply for, I'm going to have to check this box. I'm ruined. I'm ruined. No. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> Done. No passports? No hanging out with presidents you've never seen before? No, not at all. My goodness. What, well, a, what a time to be alive. It does make for a great story. It does. It does. So. And that's the silver lining Listeners, we need to take out. I don't know what the North Star lesson at it for this story is, but uh, don't walk around police cars, maybe, or wagons, because sometimes maybe it does have to do with you and you just don't know. But yeah, that's me. <laughs> I don't know where to go from here other than maybe we should move into Africa Rising. Let's do it. Let's do maybe it. Maybe we need some positivity. Counterbalance. You know how I feel about positivity. Mm-hmm. And the Africa Rising. Mm -hmm. It's my jam. So tell me. So I am actually really excited about this Africa Rising because this country has historically received a lot of negative press and I think there's a lot of like really progressive, wonderful things happening in Somalia. And so BBC has just announced that they are launching a TV news program in Somali. Is that a first? Yeah. Wait, they have all these languages? They've never had that one. So BBC has for quite some time had Somali radio, uh -huh. which is like huge following but they've never had a tv program and wow. so they're having daily snippets and they already apparently have like a really quite big following so there's a demand there and it makes sense right like local content in a language yeah. that people want to consume content in like wow. yeah i hope they're like blowing up the country there's also another somalia rising africa rising story yeah that they just had tedx mogadishu yes and it went really well so shout out to you guys for pulling off a great event shout out almas what up girl proud of you and ilwad well done so yes. tedx mogadishu just well incredible done. Well, part of the same Ted family. The Tedros family? Tedros. <laughs> Tedros, Tedros, Tedros. Um, should uh, we like take a brief second to talk about Africa Still Rising? Or do we think that your story covers enough of <laughs> Africa well, Still Rising? I, I might have 85,000 retweets, but I'm not big-headed enough to say that my story is in Africa Still Rising. So I'm not representing the continent's demise on my Friday night. But I will not lie to you. I do not have an Africa Still Rising for this week. We're just going to keep it moving. I like that. So yeah, Africa, it, yes, it's still rising, but we'll get there. Actually, no, there was this tweet. Oh, because leave it to me. I do got one now. <laughs> <laughs> I will leave it to you. You I, always have an Africa rising. I dug rising. deep. Yeah, I dug yeah. deep. No, but it was actually a tweet. And there was an article that said Africa is at the tipping point. And the person on Twitter said, well, can Africa tip already? Because we've been at the tipping point for a really long time. So I guess I can submit that for an Africa Still Rising because I feel that as well. We've been talking about this for a while, which is hence why we have this segment in the first place. But shout out to all of you doing really cool things, whether it's in Somalia or, or not. Was Tipping Point, just for clarification, a positive yes. thing or a negative thing? Uh, positive. Okay, good. Yeah. So why is that a Still Rising? 
Well, he said we've been tipping forever now. Oh, okay. Can we just tip over? Yeah. <laughs> That's what he said. Can we win? This? He's like, can we just tip like Latin yeah. America tipped and like Asia tipped? Yeah. Like, why aren't we tipping just yet? So we need some Africa tip. Yeah. Well. Well. You know. You know. I was ooh, about to go into like just the tip. Hot mic. Like, no. Hot. We are not doing mic. that today. Okay. But you know who we do have. Wow, that was who is tipping the story. Are we gonna segue from that to yeah, this? He's all about tipping stories. Woo! Okay. Hit us, girl. So what we do have is the <laughs> ultimate tipper <laughs> of stories and content. Oh my gosh. Uh, the one, the only Zane Virgie. Alright, so today we have with us Zane Virgie, renowned journalist and now media entrepreneur extraordinaire. Zane started her career in Nairobi as a newsreader with KTN, Kenya Television Network, and a radio DJ at Capital FM. She then joined CNN in 2000, covering a variety of stories, including the overthrow of Gaddafi, 9-11, and the trial of former Yugoslav leader Slobodan Milosevic. She left CNN after 14 years to start her own media venture, which we'll learn a little bit more about today. Welcome, Zane. Thank hey. you. <laughs> Happy to be here with you guys. Thank you. Um, so I'm going to just jump right into some questions we have for you. And we always ask our guests to kick us off with what do you do and why? Why wow. What, I don't know what I do and I have absolutely <laughs> no idea what I'm doing. No. Um, I like to say we're building the plane as we're flying it. Okay. That's what I'm doing uh, every day. My co-founder, also an ex-CNN guy, Chidi Afolesi, and I decided, you know what, we were tired of all the negative global stereotypes mm -hmm. um, about Africa. And how could we use technology and do something really cool and disruptive yep. and come up with a way that allows everybody to tell stories on our platform, directly on their mobile phone or whatever device they have. And so we've come up with this idea of Acoma, which is a storytelling platform that you can come to, it's open source, and you can put your video, your photos, your writing onto the site directly and really capture the authentic local African specific story. That's the idea. We really want to empower creators to come up with stuff that uh, is interesting and also that they can get paid mm -hmm. and so you know we want to create value in the creative space so why are we doing it mm -hmm. because we want to shift the whole world's perception and narrative on africa and the only people that can do it are different africans in different countries mm -hmm. and in the diaspora yeah. so being a creative and an entrepreneur are two very different things what have you learned on this journey See, I get really excited over lots of fun, creative ideas. So I've learned that I have to just pull myself back a little bit <laughs> and go, I love that idea, but does it fit with our vision? Is that part of our short-term, medium, or long-term goal? How much will it cost? And what will the value be to the company? Is it going to be something that's going to distract me because I'm so excited about it? Or is it something that fits with our overall strategy? So the biggest difference has been rather than just getting excited and going, let's do it, yeah. You know, I've had to go, but is this something that we should do, really? So I've become more skeptical about mm -hmm. things, actually. Not in a way that's taken away from my excitement about cool stuff, mm -hmm. but in a way that I've had to be more thoughtful. And usually, you know, I'm a little impulsive. So <laughs> that's, <too>. that's, <laughs> so that's, uh, that's, that's been a really big learning. It's, it's, a very, it's just a different piece of your head you know, entrepreneurship and creativity. Mm. And creatives are not very business-oriented right. or they're, like, kind of embarrassed about money sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, we'll do it because we love it. Um, you also got to eat. So, but you've got, you've got to eat. And, <laughs> Amen. And, yeah. Right? So you guys know that. And so I'm seeing that. And I'm seeing how it's important to wear both those hats when you're a creative and be like, you know what, this is value to what I do. Mm -hmm. 
And because there's value to my time and my product, there's a price tag attached to that as well. Well, we like to say it's not just stories for storytelling mm -hmm. sake or creativity sake. You are performing a service. Mm -hmm. This is storytelling as a service. And that service has a value. Um, so you, prior to Acoma, had, as Adedana was saying, had an incredible long career. We'd love to know who is your favorite interview yeah. <laughs> and why? I have a number of different favorites okay. right, for different reasons, but... You're allowed more than one. I can't, thank one. you. I was just going to ask permission. <laughs> top um, three. Okay, top three. Oh my gosh. Okay. My favorite number one was very early on when I started at CNN. I was interviewing, at the time, the head of Malaysia, Mahathir Mohamed. Mm -hmm. I was really, 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 really nervous. And I'd done my homework. And the way that I'm an over-preparer, it seems spontaneous, but it's prepared, right? Like, I'm, a, I'm prepared. I feel you. That's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then you can't, you can't go wrong, and if you do, it's not because you didn't prepare, right? So you can't be upset with yourself. So we did an interview. He was very, very intimidating. It's not just because he was the head of state, but because his body language was mm. like this. And Aggressive. he was like, he was looking at me like you little kid who doesn't know anything. And because I was prepared in the interview, my questions were harder and harder. Mm -hmm. And the more aggressive he became, the more intimidating he, he tried to be, I felt that I did a really good job back. You know, there was all this negative press about how awful I was and, you know, how I was an unprofessional uh, interviewer. Oh, wow. But I loved it because it was the very first time I kind of held my own against a... Yeah a world leader and I was talking about things like human rights issues and you know I was like 26 and this was the first big interview so that was one another interview that I loved was Benazir Bhutto mm -hmm. in Pakistan oh, wow. uh, right before she was assassinated actually oh, yeah, yeah. and we had this wonderful conversation and it was a great interview mm -hmm. and this happened the exact same thing happened with the former Iranian leader Mohammad Khatami who's a really elegant man mm -hmm. I really liked him uh, we had this tough interview with the both of them and both of them, at the end of the interview, turned to me, and I thought they would say, great job, great job. High yeah, five. Like, well you really knew your stuff. And instead, both of them were like, do you have a husband? Are you married? And I was like, after all that, after all that. So that was good. We've all um, been there. Yeah, we were, yeah right? And I was like, there, actually. Yeah, right, yeah. right. We've all been there. So that's interesting. So I thought when I write my memoir, it's going to be called, Do You Have a Husband? And not, you know, like that. Actually, a same virtue memoir. That, that, yeah. that, that, that encapsulates. And then there was Angelina Jolie, who, who was at The Hague. The reason it was a fun interview for me is because she didn't want to give an interview and we kind of blocked her and convinced her and then she was like, okay. Um, so that was kind of fun. But out of all the interviews, what you learn is that no matter what level somebody is at yeah. in power or fame, everyone's kind of a normal person and they're always a bit nervous to be on TV. Mm -hmm. And so you do have the advantage and you look for a way to connect with them, mm -hmm. you know. Condoleezza Rice loved shoes, so all the whole press, diplomatic press corps would be like, you have great shoes today, who are those shoes from, yeah. right? So we knew it would soften her up yeah. a little bit with yeah. the whole shoe thing, but she was too smart for that. But it I was, was going to say, something tells me that wouldn't work, <laughs> that wouldn't work on her. Is that Ferragamo? And yeah. then she would respond um, in Russian. Yeah. So, Why so, are you asking? But it's the human element that was yeah. the most um, interesting with all the people that had interviewed it. That's where the connection occurred. How is a comma changing business as usual? You see, media, there's barriers to entry for mm -hmm. people that want to come into TV, uh, radio, writing, 
uh, photography, mm -hmm. right? So what we're doing is by creating our platform, which is an open source platform, you're eliminating that barrier. And so what we've done is we've created a space where talent can be discovered. I think that is the most interesting thing mm -hmm. that we've done. The second most interesting thing that we've done is that, great, we've done a platform, how are you monetizing it as a business? And so one of our key elements and business strategies is we want to partner with brands. On a digital space, we don't want pop-up ads. We don't want banners. Yeah. We, we want to rely on storytelling and storytellers mm -hmm. to work with those brands, mm -hmm. right? And brands are becoming increasingly interested in this space. In order to reach the audiences that they want, they're going to have to yeah. deal with storytellers. So I think that the brand relationship is a way that we can be disruptive if we position it correctly. The key is to have the resource and the relationship mm -hmm. with the storytellers. Yeah and understand how to protect them yes. with a brand and also to be able for them to earn a living. And it sounds like everyone is doing just that. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> the only person that's not earning a living is you know who. Who? <laughs> well, so, you know, in pointing a startup, in a certain direction. <laughs> in a startup, I realize you just can't pay yourself. It's not justifiable right at the beginning. And that's been tough. I mean, we bootstrapped this whole thing and uh, it's been much harder than I thought, more costly than I thought. Mm -hmm. And you need more grit than I believed. Either I'm really, we're all both stubborn, Chitty and I, so either we're really dumb or really brilliant. And I don't know I which one it is the, yet. <laughs> <laughs> Or if you're done, you're at least doing something productive with it. So either way. So we're going to pivot a little bit. Tell us about Lucy Onyango. <laughs> Thank you. I'm really proud of this question. <laughs> She's like my sister, you know, like I think about her all the time. You know, I feel like I actually know her. So Lucy Onyango is the detective in my future novel which is currently in its third draft. So it's actually, there is something tangible that has an end. And she is the DCIO of Ongata uh, Rongai mm. Police Station and the only and most senior female detective in the Kenyan police force. And she grew up in Western province and she's driven because something happened in her life for the pursuit of justice and she's not corruptible. And so there's a murder that happens in Nairobi at the Gong race course and she has to investigate that murder. But at the same time, there's another case going on that she's forced to drop. And that case is about young women turning up dead at Karura Forest, like models. Mm. And she's very adamant that this is just as important as the Mzungu guy who was killed at the race course. But there's so much international pressure on her to solve this crime. Mm -hmm. So it leads her to expose a huge operation going on in Kenya that takes her, the action moves to Fort Jesus in Mombasa. And both Ooh, those storylines. Wow. I want to read this. Yeah. Is this working, you guys? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you need a first reader. I might, actually. I might. You know. Let us know. And so the idea is, how do you change popular perception of a place? You do it through business. You do it through articles. You do it through you know, storytelling. You have to capture the popular imagination some way. And how do you do that? You need a good character to take you around. Mm -hmm. you know, remember number one ladies detective yeah, agency? Right, yeah, right. You know, Mama Ramotswe and... That's captured people's imagination. The kite runner for Afghanistan. Yes. So Lucy Onyango is Kenya's, <laughs> Kenya's star. I can't wait to read this. Yeah, yeah. I will buy it. All right. Okay, I'll give you a copy. But this is our year six, right? For two years, I was doing a master's. I couldn't work on it because I couldn't work on anything I'd previously done. Mm -hmm. So I worked on other creative work. But Lucy's always been kind of my, you know, she's got to come alive. 
So I'm doing a third draw. There's a book I've been quote unquote working on for yeah. five years too. What, so which, what, 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 I feel what, you. What is it about? Uh, it is a book about all the travels I've done in the past 10 or so years. So it's the comedy of traveling while alone, young, black, and female. Fantastic. And so all the random hijinks that happen when uh, you look like that <laughs> in various places where you're not expected to be have there. You read, have you read William Darenfold's work? Um, no. Note to yeah. sell. <laughs> so we usually do a quick rapid-fire round of questions. It's like first word association. Namusa has baptized this segment by force or by fire. Okay, um, I like that. I so like we're that. going to do either or, essentially. Okay. So I'll start us off. Okay. Kilimanjaro or Everest? Kilimanjaro. Beach or city? Beach. <laughs> TV or radio? TV. Coke or Pepsi? Diet Coke. <laughs> and fill in the blank. Kenya is a hotbed of sexy stories. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> wonderful. This is yeah, probably the most efficient <laughs> rapid fire we've had so far. Thank you Thank so you much Zane. for Thank being you guys. on the podcast. It's been Thank such you. a wonderful experience. And you guys, I just want to say, are doing some really cool and important stuff. So I'm just excited to see what you're gonna do. And then the final thing um, is, how can our listeners find you, support you? follow you on the internet. Right. Would love you to follow us on Twitter. That's at AkomaNet. Love you to come onto the platform and share your content. That is AkomaNet.com, A-K-O-M-A-N-E-T.com. And there you can get a link called Tribe and then just sign up. And, you know, when we have cool gigs for content creators, you go there and we, we tell you what's out there. So we'd love you to be part of all of that and, and part of our ecosystem, which is family. And that's what we want you to be. Thank you, Zane. Thanks so much, Zane. Thanks. So, something else really wonderful happened this week. In a previous episode, we had made some reference to a one uh, Mr. Sir, Monsieur Don Jaze. Oh, my God. Uh, and what came out of that was the Team ECOWAS versus Team EAC. So, really, D Team West African Men versus Team East African Men. And... Adidana, if I remember correctly, you were saying that you felt stronger in that moment <laughs> for your more team ECOWAS. Yes, I had said that I had been a team EAC proponent for much of my life, but that now I could see and I was... You saw the light. Yes. Yeah. And so now I... After our, our Legos trip. Exactly. And so I was now leaning toward team ECOWAS. Until. Until. And now. Hope you're sitting down. <laughs> Someone slid into our DMs. Yes, they did. Wonderfully slid into our DMs. Yes, this is the best kind of way. Take note, listeners. <laughs> and really brought this home for Team EAC. Yes, they did. Shout out to you. And said something along the lines of, I can't do cake, but why don't I send you guys cookies? Because Namusa had said in the celebration of episode 10, somebody should send us cake. And so this listener, give us the next best thing. And then sign it, hashtag Team EAC. Exactly. So obviously, our loyalties are around food of the baked variety. Uh huh. And I just want to say it's worked. Yep. Team EAC. Team EAC. You are currently winning. <laughs> Team Ecolas, step it up. What you got? No, really, what you got? Baked goods or jollof? I love croissants. FYI. Oh, so we're now up in the game. Yeah, we the are. Croissants. Okay. Croissants. All right. Monsieur Don Jazzy. <laughs> And all jokes aside, uh, Mr. Team AIC, we really do appreciate it. That was incredibly sweet. 
Thank you for helping us celebrate episode 10. That's the best way to slide into somebody's DMs, so keep doing that. <laughs> um, so, Namusa, it is your turn to give us the Africana proverb of the week, 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 week. So, tell me. This week's Africana proverb of the week. Week, 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 week. Like my old arms, because they're getting stronger because I'm running. <laughs> I was going to use another one, but I was really inspired by your story. Oh, God. And you know how all of our proverbs are really repurposed rap lyrics? Uh-huh. And from a one Mr. I know police officer, really taken from the heart of another one Mr. Uh, Kendrick Lamar. Oh, no. <laughs> and I quote, be humble, sit down. <laughs> and there you have the Africana proverb of the week. Be humble, sit down, especially if you're in jail. In Nairobi. You know what another good proverb could have been? Never been arrested for nothing domestic. That was a, a mace lyric from back in the day. Bad, oh. bad, bad, bad boy. You, you make, make me feel so good. You know you make me feel so good. You know you make me feel so good. And on that bad, note, bad we're going to leave you guys. Uh, listeners, if you are on Twitter, you can find us at Africana. Same thing with Instagram, at Africana. A-F-R-A-C-A-N-H. And you can find us on Facebook at Africana Podcast. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening. Bye.